0: This is Show Focus, a show about podcasts. We explore the world of podcasts, reviewing them, recommending them, and enabling you to know what to listen to next. This week on the show, we talk about the Joe Rogan experience, one of the biggest shows of the past couple of years. We also have some news for you in the
1: world of podcasting, and the Coke saga continues.
0: Anyway, welcome back then. It's been a while,
1: hasn't it? Oh yeah, good. Uh, Just over a month now, I think.
0: Life hit us. I... Just to kind of explain our absence over the past couple of weeks, we were on a roll, weren't we? Five episodes in six weeks, I think. And then, yeah, something like that. Um, I had my dissertation, which was a lot of work, and then now I'm into (laughs) revision for exams and things. And I think you had a similar sort of thing, didn't you?
1: Yeah, tons of um computer science projects and yeah, exams as well. So it's all a bit crazy currently
0: applying for universities and stuff.
1: Oh yeah, university applications, interviews, uh, sort of essays and stuff, and it's all been a bit crazy. Oh man.
0: Anyway, apologies to everyone, but we're back. Uh, try and sort out our roughly weekly schedule. Um, I, I've noticed on Overcast it tries and guess it tries to guess when you upload and adds it onto your yeah. thing. And for a while it was like every other Monday, every other Tuesday, every Wednesday, and then now it's just given up on guessing because <laughs> we're a bit irregular. But anyway. We're back. We're back.
1: So, the Coke saga. I have an update. I <laughs> oh did. I tried a new one today. Uh, this is such a stupid segment, but I like it. Yeah. all We'll keep it going. I uh, I tried a new one today. Okay. A strawberry, which has been a big push because I've seen it just about everywhere in the last few Is it
0: Coca-Cola weeks. or Pepsi? Uh,
1: it is Pepsi Max. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. I haven't, uh, I haven't tried that.
1: Yeah, so I love the Pepsi Max cherry. In fact I have a bottle right next to me right now. Um that's great, right? Also, Sainsbury's do the six hundred ml ones, which is always good. But then uh they bought out the strawberry ones and they are really not good. <laughs> like terrible. Did you not like it? Um No, not at all. Oh. Try it out, it's not good. <laughs> I normally <never> like that <laughs> thing. Those, those mix of something about I mean I love the cherry, but yeah, something about the strawberry and coke mix is just yeah not good so
0: because i've been to a couple of restaurants now that have the pepsi max dispenser machines that have a flavoring and you can put any flavoring with any drink and i've had strawberry Mm -hmm. pepsi max from that before and it was great
1: yeah they tend to be less strong though like draft stuff whereas it was just overpowering strawberry i see yes so that's that's one to stay away from oh well, I'm going to try it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, try it, and we'll we'll update you next week. Cherry's still my favourite, and then probably the mango one next.
0: Yeah, was it the? Oh no! So it's it's exotic mango, isn't it? It's called, and then there is yeah, because I've had fiery cherry, regular cherry. Pepsi Max did a ginger one for a while, so it's strawberry must be their new weird one. Oh wow.
1: What do you think of Vanilla? I think that was the first one they did.
0: Oh yeah, yeah Vanilla's great. If it's there, I'll get it. Wow. <laughs> Glad we had an update there. A short... <laughs> Such a useless segment, but it's what it's what we're going with. This show, is we're going to cover the Joe Rogan experience, which we uh, spoke about last week, but we've got a few other things to cover first as well, kind of in the world of podcasts. Um, I don't know if anyone's been following it or following ATP, which is where I heard about a lot of this stuff, but... The podcasting world has exploded mostly in anger about a certain company called Luminary. Have you heard about this, Ewan?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had an, a, on like five different podcasts.
0: Yeah. So uh, essentially, I'll try and do a good job of rounding up what has happened. Um, but essentially, uh, the company Luminary, um, and loads of people have tried it in the past, have tried, well, they've had lots and lots of investment. Uh, and they're trying to become sort of the Netflix for podcasts. So you're um, your one-stop shop for going there for everything podcasts instead of video with Netflix. Um, and I think they're trying to do that by uh, making, first of all, a good app. But then second of all, by having uh, exclusive content that you can only get there that they will pay for, um, that you then pay them a certain number of pounds or dollars a month
1: eight dollars a month currently is what they're going for yes eight dollars
0: yeah so a certain number of well eight dollars a month um to listen to and i don't think that is the big controversial thing is it so i think what they've tried to do to start with where you know they're kind of in the early stages and haven't got all of this exclusive content they've been allowing you to use it as a normal podcast player and so therefore listening to shows like this one and like every other podcast that are just RSS feeds on the internet. Um, and they've been doing something funny, haven't they, Ewan?
1: Yeah. Uh, so the way that RSS works effectively is um, there's a directory of all of the RSS feeds, which are effectively just HTML links to the... Um, and then so Apple is, has one of those and probably has the biggest. Um, iTunes has just a directory of all of these links uh, to where the, where the podcasts are hosted. Um, and what Luminary have been doing, ins- uh, instead of just linking to those files as they get requests via the app to obviously download the file and listen to it, they've been uh, stashing the file when it gets released, and then they've then been presenting it to the user from their server. And what that means is then the podcast host then doesn't know how many downloads they've had because it's not coming directly from their server. It's then coming from Luminary's server Um, which has been a massive controversy because you then don't know what the analytics are, how many people have downloaded your podcast, which then means for advertisers, you don't know how many listeners listeners you've got, uh, which is a rather big problem.
0: And this is crazy in that podcasts are awesome in that they're one of the only places on the internet where it's completely handled by you, right? In that we manage our RSS feed, every other podcast out there, well, most of them anyway, will manage their own RSS feed. And it means that all of that content is owned by us if we want to move it we can if we want to take it off the internet we can if we want to do any of these things we are in complete control and then luminary have gone hold up we'll download your content as soon as it gets published once so we see one download on our end or any other podcast end, and then they then play it to everyone else from their service which seems crazy in that um Essentially, if, you know, if someone was a subscriber and was paying $8 a month, they're paying for, well, yeah, they're paying for content that isn't owned by Luminary, which is crazy. Because imagine me going to YouTube and downloading PewDiePie or whoever, his videos onto my clever new, um, you know, web service, whatever that is, and then having people pay to view it. It's crazy, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it, it wouldn't happen with just about any other medium. Um, but because the way RSS works, um, it's rather easy to do. And I think since then, they've had uh, they've said they won't be doing it anymore but, um, because, obviously, it's, um, people have kicked up a stink. And what they were saying was they were doing it for performance reasons, which it will be faster from their servers because they have much bigger servers than just um, people hosting single. But, yeah, they, I think they've just backed down from that now um, because it's such a big Yeah, game. and
0: ATP did a really good job. They're the ones that I've heard about this, but on covering on uh, covering this kind, kind of story. And, it you know, it seems crazy and that they've, you know, they've had, what is this, 100 million par- dollars in funding? And they are
1: then yes, million
0: dollars, basically yeah. dumping that all on celebrities to try and get celebrities to come over and make a podcast with them. So it was like, oh, I want to go and listen to the new, I don't know, whoever is podcast, insert celebrity name there. Uh I have to go to Luminary, download their app, and then... If every, you know, if all of my favorite celebrities start making podcasts there, why would I use anything else? Um, and I, I do see their idea there. But I think everyone in the world of podcasting is very much against that and that we like it as it is um, with kind of the open framework of podcasts that allows people to do what they want, which.
1: It's always been a medium where people have ultimate control over um, their hosting, where they post it, um, who has access to it. Um what ads you put on that sort of stuff exactly yeah and then to see people trying to sort of change that without you being able to really control it um is a is a really scary thing and and you'll never know you never know what their um what their intentions with it are you'll never know sort of how the money will work out because obviously people only living from podcasts and any changes to to how podcasting works is obviously going to be um a scary thing for people Yeah. And I think what's great
0: about podcasts is that you kind of assemble your audience and people listen to your show and all that sort of stuff. But I think if it was in the hands of someone like Luminary or, you know, it's a similar thing with Netflix is that they're kind of in this predicament as a company with like, who do they promote and who do they um, have content for on the front page? Do you know what I mean? There is that like YouTube uh, will promote certain content based on an algorithm and then they kind of have it in their hands with, you know, essentially the creators income in their hands and um, if they get promoted they do get revenue if not then they don't and it's kind of I think people like it as it is with podcasts you know you you do that work yourself then don't you if you own the RSS feed
1: yeah you do all of the you do all of the marketing um, and yeah that's not in anyone else's control
0: yeah um, and so one of the interesting things then is that lots and lots of people have pulled their content. Well, not pulled their content, but asked nicely basically for Luminary to to not feature their show on on the network. Um and so there are a few that are here. The the Daily Show, which is the biggest podcast at the moment, um, the Joe Rogan Experience, which is the one we're gonna talk about later, that links it nicely. Um, and then reply all as well, um, which again is certainly top five in terms of uh podcast listening. Um yeah, also Anchor. Uh, all of those shows are not on there as well, so ours won't be. Um, yeah, see, ugh, seems crazy. It's all kicking off, isn't
1: it? It is. Yeah, yeah. I think what people what people are trying to go with here is if they don't, then if the big podcasts don't have their have their podcasts on, obviously Luminary, um, then people will search them up, find them, know that, then find out that they can't listen to it through that app, and then move somewhere else. Yeah. Um. So that Luminary don't have this monopoly.
0: Yeah, and I think. They're going to struggle here in that the entire world of podcasts is not going to want them to do this Um, unless they dump a lot of money on people's heads, I think. Um, But, yeah, yeah. Um, We'll chuck the – well, there's various news articles and things from The Verge and other people. Um, We'll chuck those in the show notes if you want to read those later on. Um, Yeah, there's also the ATP show that talks about this. Uh, and that is very good, and they cover it much better than we could.
1: Yeah, Marco Arment definitely in that show summarised it really, really well, um, and sort of the the nuance of it and, and where the feelings are coming from um, about it, so definitely go listen to that.
0: That's where I first saw it, was he had this huge thread on Twitter. There was a big discussion between him and loads of other really big podcasters, um, and he's been in the podcasting world for so long. Uh, both him and his wife are huge podcasters on several different shows that he has a you know, a very good look look at it, basically. Um, speaking of my men uh Overcast just released an insane feature, um, which is a better way of sharing clips from shows on the web.
1: So we're talking about uh, YouTube with their algorithm and how they effectively share your content without you having to really deal with it. Whereas, obviously, because of this open medium of podcasts, you effectively have to go and share it everywhere else to get listeners. Um, and that's always been a, a really hard thing to do and sort of how to share little bits of a like hour and a half podcast or get people into an hour and a half podcast without them sort of looking at that hour and a half and going, that's way too long to listen to or even get into. Um, Whereas this is effectively what this does is it takes a little clip, makes a video from it with the, with the art and a little time bar. I can't remember. I don't know what you call it. Um, And allows you to then share that on Twitter and Instagram stories and Instagram. And it gives people, um a way of sharing little clips and sort of a way of getting people into their podcast without them having to go into their podcast app download it and then listen to bits and go to the link or the uh, time code and then listen to that specific bit um so it's a great way of sort of marketing the podcast it's a
0: brilliant thing yeah it's basically like releasing a trailer for your podcast isn't it it's like a minute of you know it gives you it gives you a good idea of whether you're going to like the show or not and i've seen loads of this on twitter i think that's because you know, people have seen this and they're sharing stuff around and found episodes from shows years ago that I really enjoyed or um, some new ones that I thought, oh, hold up, oh, you know, that sounds interesting. And maybe I wouldn't have listened to that anyway. So um, it is an awesome thing. Uh, I've checked one of those on my Instagram stories for this to to promote the show. And, and I know from us, you know, we are a very, very new show. It's tough to get out there. It's tough to sort of spread the awareness of, you know, what your show is and what it's about. And we've been kind of doing that through social media um, and places like that, basically through our own personal ones. And, you know, this allows you to chuck it out there a little bit further in that, you know, someone is much more likely to listen to a 30 second clip and then listen to your show than reading maybe a little paragraph explaining what it's about. So yeah. And also in that clip, there is always a link that allows you to click on it and it takes you straight to your podcast app of choice, whatever that is. Um, and then you can subscribe straight from there. So this is definitely an awesome thing. Uh, we've ch- I've chucked an example of ours in the uh, show notes. There's a link there that you can click on and see what it looks like. Um, also, if you download Overcast, you can do it with any of your shows. So if there's any, uh, if you're ever listening to a show and it has a little funny clip in it and you want to share it on social media, be it Twitter or Instagram or whatever, you can create one of these links i think they can be up to a minute and they've got a
1: very cool ui yeah yeah the, a minute is yeah a minute's the limit on that
0: yeah i think there is a very cool ui with where you can select you know you can select the bits of uh audio that you want and then share it so um i'm really excited about this and this is again one of those things that is like why has no one else thought of this uh an overclass overcast have implemented so um yeah excited about it it'd be cool
1: it's an incredible tool for marketing but also just for having fun with friends on twitter like seeing what their favorite podcasts are of sort of all time since the sort of a week ago when it came out i've seen tons of people posting their favorite little clips from different podcasts and i just love seeing that um also it's a massive feat in sort of coding and taking that all of that data the audio and then the the art and the title and then the bar as well and then sort of compiling into that clip and then posting it wherever you want it is seriously impressive
0: it's amazing isn't it i mean i suppose it's all data the overcast servers would already have but yeah still incredible should we move on to the main topic of this show then so today we're talking about the joe rogan experience um which is a really really big show that is all over mainly youtube i think because he um they record all of their shows. You know, it's basically big two hour videos uh, online and it kind of seems like the podcast is, an, you know, is a, an afterthought for that, really. But um, yeah, so Joe Rogan comes on. He uh, he is a comedian. He is really involved in the uh, mixed martial arts and that sort of stuff as well. Um, so I think he does a bit of telly with that, um, but then basically has some huge, huge names on um on the show every week and he's a very talented interviewer and i think we'll get to that in a bit um but we set ourselves three to listen to what were they going to do? and we had mkbhd who is a online tech reviewer if you haven't, haven't heard of him
1: the online tech reviewer like this guy's been around for 10 years and has like something like 8 million subscribers um and he's just he's just incredible like there's there's no one else that has that sort of production quality um for those videos. So yeah. MKB is great
0: and ultimate frisbee player. I'll chuck that in. Um, anyway, and Elon Musk, who is the CEO of mm-hmm. Tesla, the boring company, and SpaceX. You must have heard of him. Uh, was it? He was involved in eBay, wasn't he? When it started, was it a- eBay and PayPal? I think. And PayPal. That's insane. Yeah. Um, and the other one, I've forgotten the other guy. Uh, Bert Kreischer. That was it. Yeah. So uh, we set ourselves those three I went on to listen to a fair few others which was good I wasn't expecting to do so um but anyway Ewan what did you think hit me with it
1: yeah it's it's sort of a typical um podcast interview show where he has someone different every week um but they tend to be really long and just he dives really deep into their lives um he knows a hell of a lot of people so a lot of it's just his friends which I love Um, with inside jokes and um he's very knowledgeable obviously in the stuff they do and in a hell of a lot of fields um (laughs) so I love that uh he can talk for hours um which is just great if you want to listen to it whilst doing things it's great it's massively long so you can just yeah listen to it all day um which I love um and as you said yeah he's just really talented really interesting um and it's just a great nice thing to listen to
0: yeah um I was surprised by this, right? And I'd I'd heard his show before, and Joe is a uh, Joe is one of those people who he de- he definitely divides opinions. He's a very strong character, um, and he says a lot of things that can be quite controversial. And I think I listened to a, a couple of his shows before, and he wound me up a little bit, <laughs> and I, but then I started to realize as I listened to more and more shows that it's that kind of personality that gets the most out of the people he's talking to. So I wonder if it's something he does kind of a, a little bit deliberately. Um, and he, I'm always amazed how the people come on, you know, it's always a two, two and a half, three hour long show. And at the beginning, they're very um, like press face type thing. They're very not revealing a whole lot. And then as the show goes on, he gets more and more out of the and they dive more and more into their lives or their career or their work, whatever it is. Um, And it, you know, I listened to the Elon Musk one and there's no way anyone else would have got half of that information out of him. And it led to being a really, really interesting three hour long show um, that saw Tesla stocks dive. I think after that one, did did you hear about that? No,
1: I didn't know.
0: Yeah. So he smoked something. I'm not sure what it was, but basically um, (laughs) on the show, the as this was being live streamed the tesla stocks just saw this massive like crash and i think it was about five, 5 or 6% in their stock price which is huge
1: Ooh. uh
0: but anyway uh yeah that led to being a really really interesting show um and i i think it's kind of that personality that does that so i don't know if you're the same as me when you're listening to it it to begin with, I was like, mm, let's get this over with. Not really enjoying the show. To then after being like, hey, let's pick out you know some of the people he's interviewed that I'm interested in and see we you know see what they end up chatting about.
1: Yeah, he so- asked he asked these sort of very direct and sort of somewhat invasive questions, but that that means you get past that that surface level of, of questions that they've asked been asked a thousand times over. And so you see you see a lot of these interviews that are like ten minutes long, and you get the same thing over and over and over and over again, which Joe seems to ask these questions that sort of get more out of them and a lot more of their sort of their personal life over the time of the podcast. He may come off as sort of slightly arrogant and slightly aggressive in that. Um, yeah. And I think, I think that's a strategy, but it, it may come off a little abrasive.
0: If if you feel the same as me and listen to the first 10 minutes and think, Oh, I would kind of recommend keep going. Definitely pick the people you're interested in or, Um, follow because I think I I listened to a couple that were with people I'd never heard of before the Bert Kreischer guy you recommended. I didn't really enjoy that show because I don't have a clue who he is. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he, they had some interesting things to talk about. I think Bert Kreischer has had some issues with alcohol in the past and things like that. And they spoke about that. And that was really interesting to see how he's kind of come through that. And um, again, Joe asked the questions that I don't think anyone else would. But then I I found a couple of the others. So um, Lance Armstrong, he had on. You know, if you don't know who he is... Ooh, that's an interesting one. I know, I know. You've got to listen to this. Um, You must know who Lance Armstrong is. But anyway, Biko got, you know, done for doping ages, probably at least 10 years ago. Um, And it stayed very hidden, and he lied and lied and lied, and then it finally came out that this is what was happening. Um, And... Like he starts the show, does the ad at the beginning. Lance sits down. He goes, "Is it true?" And I was like, "Oh!" And then Lance was like, "Yeah." And then he goes, "Why did you do it?" And it just goes on from there. He just hits the ground running. It's like boom! Like no, oh, how are you doing? What's your career like at the moment? You know, what's family like? It's just like boff, you know, straight in. there
1: would be a percentage of people who would just get up and walk out at that point and be like, "No, I'm out." But yes, oh,
0: yeah. And he he gave like a really really balanced perspective on it and i followed lance armstrong dad was always watched cycling you know when i was when i was little and i always kind of followed it along always watched tour de france that sort sort of stuff when he was winning um and you know so i'd i'd heard a lot about the kind of contra- controversy about it and all that sort of stuff so it was it was really interesting to listen to them talk about it looking back um and you know, he definitely cheated, but I definitely have a m- more balanced perspective on maybe why and that actually, I know it's isn't an excuse, but everyone else was doing it, and so yeah, there there was lots of those things that were really interesting. So if you are at all into cycling or saw this pan out at the time, go back and listen to it. You may disagree with everything he says, and that's cool, but I think it was a it was interesting to see what to hear. You know, two hours of his, him talking about the. You know the details
1: I think I think it's interesting to sort of understand his perspective and how we saw it um, you may not agree with it but I, I think it is worthwhile sort of uh, listening to it um obviously asking the questions and just sort of seeing what his perspective is and I, th- I think that's a great thing to do
0: yeah that was super interesting um, Elon Musk one of the ones we listen to he has a crazy mind like it, I I'm, an, I'm studying to be an engineer, and he is very much an engineer, right? He, like, analyzes everything in only a way I think he could um, and has this amazing vision of what, you know, what we might be moving to, to you know, with electric cars and um, space travel and, you know, has these crazy like, crazy ideas. The Boring Company, he's trying to get rid of traffic in L.A. by digging tunnels and then making cars that go through them, um, which seems insane. Um, but a very good idea, and so they spend two hours talking about that uh and you know the the beginnings of Tesla and Spacex and where they've all come from with with that uh did you listen yeah, to that one
1: yeah, i did um, I think this one definitely showed where um where joe's sort of interview skills uh, sort of start to shine because he takes someone who is incredibly technical, incredibly smart and asks sort of very interesting, uh, very smart questions. And I, I just thought that was great. Rather than sort of the surface level stuff, he really sort of dove into it, asked technical questions. Um, got really good responses out of um out of Elon Musk. And I I I really loved that interview. It went really well. And he's they sort of got into uh where they see technology going, um and space and all of that. And I, I just really loved that that whole interview. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah,
0: again, if you're at all interested in it, do it, go listen to it. Um again, links for all of these will be in the show notes. But um yeah, I, I just found it fascinating. Like, they talk, they spoke about the cars, and Joe Rogan was like, hey, I, you know, I've got this 911, and he's got muscle cars, and he's very much that type of guy. And then um, Elon obviously drives all Teslas, as you would expect, but he also has some petrol cars. And, you know, I really enjoyed the back and forth on that. And uh, they discussed um, there was a crash, what, last year with Autopilot on – Um, one of the Teslas that, you know, people did end up getting hurt in, and they discussed that. And, you know, he was kind of there like, well, dude, like (laughs) our Tesla is far, far better at driving and has far less accidents than, you know, any human could. And if you look at that same time span where there's been maybe a handful of crashes in Teslas, there has been several hundred thousand in, you know, normal petrol cars. And I think that back and forth was really interesting as well.
1: Um, I think that's a super interesting sort of discussion with the with um self driving cars becoming more prevalent or at least um becoming more and more self driving um where people see that and go the computer messed up someone died and that's really all they see rather than the computer one one uh one car out of thousands if not millions of these cars. Uh, crashed rather than how many people have died per thousand cars or per million cars uh, on the road at the moment with human drivers. And I think that that statistics of much less uh, self-driving cars um, crashed than sort of normal human-driven cars I think is is definitely important. Um, But people don't look at that. They just see someone died uh, when the car was driving.
0: I I do get that. I think there's always going to be um, controversy about it um, in that You know, I think we are two people who are very reliant on tech and trust tech and understand it. Whereas I think if you're someone who doesn't, who has always driven a car and holds the the control in your hands with that, I think I I can see where the concern is. Um, That's blatantly obvious. But uh, I I think, again, it was interesting to to hear that side of the story and where they're looking at going um, with cars in the future. And he, again, revealed quite a lot about it that I hadn't heard anywhere else. And I kind of follow that, that field quite closely. So I yeah, that was really good to hear. And again, it shows like you know, Elon Musk probably does tens of in- interviews every week or month and, you know, they're all like five or ten minutes and they're normally the same thing over and over again. And then he shows up to the Joe Rogan experience and has three hours of conversation and, you know, we all saw how it panned out with the stock price and stuff. But, you know, it was really interesting to hear a lot of what he had to say. Marquez. So MKBHG I'll give a quick follow through of that. You introduced me to him on YouTube back when he had sort of 500,000 subscribers.
1: I looked it up when I found him. Uh, It was 2012. Yeah. It's been a really long time. Um, But yeah, he he was making sort of the very well-produced Almost TV level stuff back then, uh, when no one else was putting that much time and energy uh, and sort of production quality into YouTube, and I think that's sort of where he sprung from.
0: Yeah, and it's it's been crazy in that he's my age, right? So he's been doing this since he was what fourteen, and. Has been just in his in his bedroom filming these tech videos and has kind of gone further and further and been more and more recognized up to where he is the top subscribed tech channel, I think, bar unbox therapy maybe, but on YouTube. And um a lot of people really trust him and he is kind of the benchmark now for, for tech videos. Um he's a really super interesting guy, and I've I've really liked his videos in that he always remains very balanced with it all. Um, one of my gripes about the tech industry and the media that follows it is that it can often be very negative. And I think he stays away from that and they're sort of criticizing different companies, whoever it may be. And uh, he is always very balanced about uh, recommending different phones and uh, different iPads and looking at new tech and all of that sort of stuff. uh, And, you know, going that way. And I, I really like his work. And so it was interesting to hear him on this podcast with, you know, there'll be a lot of people who are listening who aren't tech heads. And I think he did a really good job of explaining it all and having a good discussion about it. Um, but going into the Joe Rogan experience then is that Joe was very negative in this one. And I found that really frustrating. Being, you know, a tech enthusiast, my interest has always been like, what opportunities have we got? Where are we going? How is tech going to... Further in the next five, ten, however many years? Right, infinite timescale, whatever. Um, and Joe basically spent the entire time criticizing what different companies have done in the past couple of years, and sort of laughing and joking about it. You know, you, you know, there's been battery things that have gone on, and there's been new folding phones out, and you know, those sorts of things. And I, I don't know. I struggled listening to it. Did Did you feel the same thing as me? Or, yeah, there or the... was.
1: Yeah, there was definitely a lot of that. A lot of the um a lot of the things you would hear in general tech discussions of people who don't really follow it that much and so it's a lot of the the um the sort of the newspaper headlines a lot of the samsung phones are exploding
0: clickbaity uh i
1: i the again the samsung galaxy fold um it's failing those are the two i can remember i'm nothing against samsung i just can't remember any others a lot of those sort of very surface level very where's the detail in this? Um and although those things are problems, I don't think they're the biggest things in, in the industry that we that we need to yeah, look I found
0: at. myself a little bit wound up about that. But you know, you know, who cares. But yeah, they had a lot of other good discussion. Again, Marquez has a Tesla, so they spoke about that for a little while. Um they also talk, spoke about Frisbee. Oh, yes, go on. Um they Joe asked about that and Marquez did a really good roundup of basically what it's about. Um uh yeah, they oh, they did something which really I don't know, it works for the YouTube audience, but they put videos up and then talk about them there. And I'm like, hold up, I thought this was a podcast. Like I can't see those things, but I suppose, you know, most of it's on YouTube now. Uh but maybe we'll get to that bit, you know, a bit later. But yeah, it got some airtime, so that was brilliant. Um Marquez as ever does a really good job of promoting that sort of thing so he
1: he described it incredibly well and so joe joe asked him what is ultimate frisbee Uh, as people as most people do because it's really not that popular especially over here in the uk um sort of what is ultimate frisbee how does it work um what are the rules and sort of what's what's the environment around it um and i think marquez did a really good job of describing how frisbee works um and sort of how it's played
0: yeah, it, it was very good to hear that. Um, yeah, they covered lots of other stuff, which I've forgotten now. But, um, yeah, that was a really good show. M- well, maybe not one of the best, I would say. If you're going to go listen to any, go listen to the Elon, Elon Musk one. Um, but, yeah, there was a couple others that I'll chuck in there quickly as well then that I listened to following, listen to the three that we were going from. Um, uh, Richard Rawlings. Do you remember that Fast and Loud show I always used to watch?
1: yes yes i do very southern is that the one yeah
0: yeah yeah it's there it's about this hot rod shop in texas and it's very loud and it's on discovery channel um and it's a very american show and yeah it's very loud and they chuck huge engines and old cars and then paint them and make make them look snazzy and then sell them on um it is kind of reality TV type thing. And I was used to watch it because interested in cars and stuff.
1: It's very eccentric. It's very, yeah, loud.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But basically, Richard Rawlings is kind of, he's the owner of this gas monkey garage, it's called. And he's kind of made almost this kind of little empire of he's got this huge shop and they make these really intricate, really well put together builds of cars that take them sort of six weeks. They strip them right down to the metal lift the body off, normally put that on an entirely new chassis and then do up these old American like hot rods basically as new cars. So they have like keyless entry and they have aircon and they have sat-navs and all that sort of stuff. They they deck out these old cars to make them actually drivable today if you were to drive one to work every day. Um, and so he's done that. And then he also bought this like bar and grill and then he bought this uh, tequila company and then he's bought you know loads of these other kind of, um, basically they've got this huge merch, merch shop as well um, so he's, he's kind of expanded this company and this empire uh, and then they spoke about that for a long time uh, but he was one of those people who came on and he was very cagey and I don't think he knew what to make of the show um, and so again it was one of those the first hour and Joe says about this at the beginning he's you know he says he comes on and says this is one of the weirder ones you know you might think hey these guys are a little bit cagey for the first hour um, and then they whack out the tequila at the hour mark and then it changes completely. No, it really um, <laughs> so that was really funny uh, and really interesting. So, uh, yeah, that's that's one of those, again, where I don't think anyone else would have made that a good interview. I think it was definitely Joe that did that.
1: It's definitely a very hard thing to do. Uh, yeah, well done. <laughs> um, two more then. Chris Harris, who is... Sorry, can I, on the Richard Rawlings thing, um, Go on. On doing up old cars or doing up cars, have you come across Tavarish on YouTube?
0: I have. I've seen a couple of videos, yeah.
1: His current Murcielago project I love. Yeah. Um. So he's got a 2008 uh, Murcielago, Lamborghini Mercy Lago, um from a Fast and Furious movie. I think it was A Fate of the Furious. And so this thing was v- just massively abused. He bought it for $80,000. It was in a horrible shape like the um the gear shifter was broken off uh the bonnet didn't really close uh it just it had a, a rusty roll cage in it the seats were unmatched it basically had no interior in it actually painted horribly they'd done the they sort of made their own fiberglass bumper this thing is in horrible shape um and he's just sort of doing it up Um, which is just really, really interesting. And I I love it. And I love the way he sort of presents it and the way he does it. Uh,
0: I've seen a couple of channels that do this now where they buy basically wrecked cars that have been crashed or whatever. They strip the whole thing and then um, do it all on YouTube to kind of get them some sort of recurring income and then obviously sell the car for a profit at the end, hopefully. Um, And so I've seen, yeah, I've seen a couple of channels about that. So I think that's why he came up and recommended on YouTube. Um, I saw them, I think, do the tuning for it. But yeah, that that was really interesting. But yeah, so these guys kind of do that on a bigger scale with like 1960s hot rods. But yeah, it, you know, it's cool to see, definitely. Um, yeah, so a couple, couple more then. Chris Harris, who did loads of car reviews on YouTube, is now on Top Gear, the BBC Top Gear, not the Grand Tour. Um, and so he did one, I, you know, that's another niche thing, but I followed him for for a long time. And so again, it was good to see another sort of two, three hour clip about it. Um, and then Kevin Hart, who is, you know, everyone has heard of Kevin Hart, huge comedian, probably one of the biggest American comedians at the moment. Um, and he spoke about how he, uh, you know, how his career started and how he came to be. So that again was another good one.
1: I've uh, listened to that. I haven't heard that. and um, I've listened to a lot of the comedian ones, actually. Um, but yeah, Kevin Hart wasn't one of them, so I think I'll go back and listen to that.
0: Yeah, I think I, I just went through the back catalogue and picked out, well, basically clicked on any ones where I knew the name. Brian Cox. Brian Cox. This was, this was insane. He is the most amazing man who has, you know, so much knowledge about everything. He's
1: a famous physicist, effectively, isn't he?
0: Yeah. And again, I think, you know, he was on there to promote his... Sh- his show he's doing basically huge arena tours at the moment um but it was incredible he explained so much stuff that was like oh you know really got you thinking um and that's one of the things i love about podcasts is that you listen to it while you're you know walking to a from work or driving or whatever you're doing um and it you know it gets you thinking and those his was definitely one of those that was super interesting um and again they get talking about you Know lots of crazy stuff, black holes, and things like that. That I know very little about, and came out listening knowing you know marginally more, which was which was quite interesting. So, um, yeah, that one was very good. Have you listened to any others, or should we move on to the general format? Um, so what, what did you think of the, like the format of how it worked?
1: Um, I mean, it's it's this bit, it's very similar to a lot of podcasts, um, that we've come across, just sort of very traditional interview style um but there isn't much format to it there's a lot of sort of him it's basically just a discussion between the two people there is very little sort of set out show like format it's just a lot of sort of flowing conversation um so that's i I really like that style but again it's, it's it's different to a lot of what you see there's no set out sort of um segments or anything like that
0: they basically sit down for roughly three hours and just talk don't they Um, yeah 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 but yeah that that's quite good Uh, the thing that got on my nerves and maybe it's just because i'm a big podcast fan was that it wasn't made for audio basically what they're doing is you know it's it's a three hour long youtube show that has an accompanying audio clip that you can listen to in the form of a podcast and um, that that was frustrating I think because they, they talk about things that they can see obviously they're sat across the table from each other so they talk about things visually whereas lots of other experienced podcasters will describe the things so you can follow along with a conversation whereas obviously Joe doesn't do any of that and so I'm there like, well, I'm along for the ride for two minutes when you're talking about a certain thing, and I have absolutely no idea what you're chatting about. And that is not a great way to keep people listening to your show, I think. Um, that bit wasn't great about it. But I know most of his audience listen, you know, sorry, watches on the YouTube show. And so, you know, maybe has that on in the background and can glance at it when they need to. So, yeah, maybe it's just I'm not one of those people that would... Put a three hour long podcast on as video.
1: Uh, I've only done it once or twice. Yeah, I, I don't really like to do that. If I'm going to do that, I might as well watch a few episodes of a TV show. There's a big difference between sort of the li- time when I'm listening to a podcast and time when I'm sitting down to consume something, sitting down to watch something. Um, and so I can't be doing work whilst watching something. I just can't do it. Like it's way too distracting. Whereas I can listen to a podcast and then do work as well. And so. Um, if you're missing stuff in the audio version, I just don't think it's great. It's it's I can't remember exactly what podcast it was. Um, I was listening to this week. I'll put it in the show notes. But they were talking about um, sort of this moving. Podcasts have become more and more popular. And so sort of the long YouTube show are starting to be, be called podcasts again, even though they're not really podcasted YouTube shows. They're long shows. Sort of mainly video with the podcast feed rather than being the podcast feed sort of with an accessory video um and so yeah I think it's it's a YouTube series effectively with that audio um sort of along with it I I liked
0: it definitely uh, overall if we're looking at it you know I I did like it but I think I liked it because of the people he had on there um not so much like Joe himself and I think that that format was tough for me as kind of a podcast fan and I know so many people do it so well. Um, you know, just just if they've got something in front of them, they will describe it so you can come along for the ride.
1: It was hard to just listen to, definitely. Yeah. Y- you're right.
0: Yeah. And maybe we're in the minority that listen to it as audio compared to YouTube. Obviously I know each of his videos gets what, upwards of three or four million views, something like that.
1: And they're massive, yeah.
0: Yeah, whereas obviously podcasts, we can't really look at that. We don't know how many listens or downloads it gets. So, um, yeah, definitely if, you know, I would look on YouTube for the person you want to listen to, whatever celebrity is, and if it's there, go for it. Like, you know, it'll be a brilliant show and, you know, they will have a very good interview. You can almost guarantee that with, you know, with Joe Rogan. Um, But I must admit... Once I ran out of those people I wanted to listen to, I kind of stopped. Yeah. Kind of what was your overall thought then?
1: I liked the show, definitely. Sort of the interviews with, with different people. Um, he got a lot of sort of interesting sort of views and discussions out of people, which I really, really liked. Um, so, yeah, as you said, the select people that I really know and like, I think those episodes were great. Um, but I didn't get invested in Joe so much, which I think is what you were what you were sort of going into earlier.
0: Right, we're going to move on to a bit of a new segment for us. I posted on my Inst- Instagram uh, one of those clever little ask me anything boxes to see what people thought we should maybe cover, what we should talk about, a few questions, that sort of thing. Um, we've had a few a few questions, mostly from the same people, uh, but, yeah, we'll go with it anyway. Um, I think to start, I'll kind of fire these at you, see what you think, and then I'll chuck in anything if I... I think of anything, but uh right, go ahead, go on. Uh, question from Stuart: Who is our dad? Uh, what is the ideal length for a podcast episode?
1: I think a lot of the a lot of the shows I listen to tend to about tend to be about an hour and a half, which I think is a format that works really well. So it depends what it is. Um, a lot of the sort of the tech news shows and um, tend to go for about that long because that's what the that's the amount of news that there is. I think that's great. Um, the interview shows tend to go a little bit longer, which I really, really like. Um, so it sort of depends on the show. Um, but yeah, I really like that sort of that hour and a half to two hours sort of format. Yeah. It it depends for me, really. In that I listen to so many different shows and they all kind of have different
0: they all tend to stay about the same length, isn't it? Like our show is about an hour, ATP is about two hours um i listen to one that can go upwards of three three and a half hours which is the talk show with john gruber but i think he is so so good at maintaining conversation that it doesn't get boring for that time and so actually i'm gonna listen to it all anyway so having more of it is is great do you know what i mean is if if you're listening to you know if you're watching a great film you kind of don't want it to end you know it being longer isn't a problem whereas if it is dull then you know maybe slightly different
1: there's a difference between taking sort of segments that could fit into an hour and a half and making them the three and a half, four hours and taking actually four, like three and a half, four hours worth of content and putting it in, like rather than stretching out, actually having that amount of content. And I think the talk show is very good at that, actually having that content. Yeah, you're spot on. That. Um, also, I think one thing that's definitely changed this for me is podcast chapters and sort of the the increasing prevalence of them. Where I can go into, especially Overcast has the the list, which I really, really find really helpful. Is you can go in and then you can just uh, click on the, the chapters you want to listen to, which I just love. So you can just you can just uh, swipe through, have a look at uh, any of the stories you specifically want to hear them talk about. Just tap on it and it goes straight to that, which I, I just love. Yeah, we'll get back to that. You've jumped the gun there, um, <laughs> but
0: yeah. Also, there are you know there are shows I listen to under the radar, which is half an hour and it fits perfectly into that. And in that it's a weekly show about something that, you know, there isn't much news about. It's all software development and stuff. Um And so that's great. Uh Yeah. So it, to me, I don't think it matters. I think it matters how much content you've got to talk about and then make the show accordingly. Equally, if you tried to fit four hours of stuff into half an hour, it would be rubbish. So, you know, you wouldn't go into anything in any detail. So, Uh, I'm not sure it's much about the time for me. I think one thing I appreciate in podcasts, which we haven't done great at, but is like kind of weekly I get in a cycle of what I listen to. Um, And I know every Thursday to go listen to ATP or I know, you know, every Saturday to go listen to another one. So um, that I kind of appreciate more than the time in which, you know, the length of the show, if you want to think of it like that uh moving on to your- well, your little thing you chucked in there then you and uh we've got a question again uh chapter marks essential or nice to have
1: see this this is where <laughs> where I'm sort of hypocritical, I think we'll start doing them much much more um we haven't been, but I think I want to start doing them a lot more because they are great um we have been doing sort of more just one subject where it doesn't make us that bigger difference whereas if we start to do more and more segments i think it it we need to have chapters there
0: yeah i really appreciate having chapters um especially as you know some people like atp put an ad in as a as a chapter so you you can just skip it and it's naughty but um you can just skip the chapter which is quite cool um and so yeah i really as a listener i really appreciate them As a podcaster myself and someone who edits podcasts, we both do. We share the editing on the show. They are effort. They are
1: so much effort. Like
0: in in the logic file, you've then got to mark them. You've got to notice where each, you know, if you're looking at a video, you can look at the thumbnail and immediately know what segment you're in. Right. If it's audio, it's just all waveforms and it all looks the same. And so actually going through and dividing it out is really tough. So I tend to do it as I go and think, oh, here's where we swap from the intro to talking about topic one or topic two or whatever it is, um, and I chuck them in there. But then also when you export log, you know, the logic file, the, the podcast thingy, uh, as an MP3, you've then got to add them back in again there for them to show up on the app, um, and it is quite a lot of effort. But it's definitely something that's valuable to listeners. I know it is for me, so I think we'll try and do that more and more but yeah I know I'm just like you there that I've kind of got two hats on one as a listener one as uh, a podcaster myself so
1: it's at least an extra half an hour 45 minutes of work on top of the like two hour edit like it's it's a lot of extra work um but I think it is definitely a, a thing that has value um in the in the listening in the listener experience
0: awesome uh, next one then Uh, Do you use SmartSpeed or similar functionality? So SmartSpeed, if you haven't heard of it, is the one that's in Overcast, which is basically a function that removes silences between words. So if someone's talking slowly, um, it will remove that bit rather than what, you know, old school podcast apps do. It's basically they take the, say if it's a one hour long um, audio file and they make it 45 minutes long to compress it that speeds up the words and it changes the pitch of the tone and all, all, you know, all of that stuff. Um, Instead of doing that, it just removes the silences to shorten the clip in a way that doesn't distort the actual voice. Um, And so it's, it's really clever. It's a really clever bit of kit. Uh, It came first on overcast. And I know I listen to it, you know, I use it religiously on almost everything. Um, But, a lot, you know, basically every other podcast app out there uh has it has that sort of functionality as well now. It's kind of become widespread. But uh yeah, I know I I use what have I got mine set to at the moment? Uh, 1.6 times. So it uh 1.6 times speed and then smart speed on as well, which shortens the silences uh by about I've got a figure here, about 38% normally on average. It shortens the podcast by without speeding up the actual words that you're hearing um it's awesome i use it all the time if you haven't tried it go listen to pop, uh, go listen to uh a show on overcast and then slowly crank up the speed and you'll notice that you can uh still completely com- you know comprehend everything they're saying in a normal way but without the show taking two hours it takes an hour and a half or whatever you set yours to what do you think yeah man?
1: i i love uh smart speed and obviously speeding up the podcast as well as that um and i I love being able to fit a two-hour show into an hour and a half or an hour and twenty minutes or whatever. Um, it's definitely great, and also there's just more content in the time that you're listening, which I just love. And um, there's a lot of less of just, just sort of sort of waiting for someone to say the next word, a lot less gaps. Um, and I I just like listening to people talk that fast it's definitely a thing that you get used to though you definitely start as you said start one times and it's slowly ramp it. you don't want to jump up to 1.8 which is what i've got it on uh, at the moment uh straight from the get-go because you just won't be able to understand what they're saying you want to slowly ramp that um and especially overcast i've used a couple of other podcast apps overcast is the one i found that has the best um sort of speeding up algorithm uh and the smart speed algorithm works really well. I haven't heard any distortion which I have in other podcast apps. Um it does a really, really good job of um of compressing that audio into a smaller amount of time whilst keeping it sort of comprehendable.
0: I, I like it. I use it all the time. It's brilliant. Uh would never go back to just doing it normally. Right, next one then. Uh we have spoken about this in the past. Uh can you work and listen to a podcast simultaneously? quick answer from me. No, my brain doesn't like, can't do that. Like no matter whether it's, it's maths or if it's, you know, if it's numbers based, or if it's word based, if I'm writing an essay or if I'm doing anything like that, like, no, no, no. It is great for if I'm doing, I suppose it's work as well, but stuff where I'm not having to think that hard moving around, you know, I don't want to call it manual labor, but like anything, you know, if I'm washing the dishes, I'll have, you know, my headphones in and I'll listen to it that way. If I'm, uh, tidying up anything if i'm you know anything like that where i'm kind of moving about and doing stuff physically then i will listen to podcasts if i'm sat down head down doing worky work uh i will not listen to podcasts i can't my brain can't deal with it i, I switch to music
1: what will you do then will you listen to uh a specific playlist D- does that music then have lyrics what what do you do
0: Oh, I switched to music. Uh, For me, it doesn't matter if the music has lyrics or not. Nothing like overly loud or obnoxious. You know, as long as it's kind of like standard music, then that's fine.
1: That's super interesting. Okay. Um, Because I'm almost the polar opposite. Um, I'm very distractible as a human being. Uh, I Especially noise. I don't know what it is. It's just like someone walks past and makes a noise and, and that's it for like the next five minutes um and obviously and also I wear hearing aids where I can just play them play stuff through them and it blocks out all of the sounds um which is great so I use that sort of as a mechanism for not getting distracted um so yeah I listen to podcasts all the time whilst working a lot of my work is maths or chemistry um and computer science a lot of it is sort of um symbols and that kind of thing maths not so much of the long-form writing um, any long form writing I can't do whilst listening to podcasts, but a lot of the sort of the maths and chemistry stuff sort of uses a different part of my brain. I don't know what it is, but I can do that whilst listening uh, to a podcast. So yeah, I love doing that. Serial I listen to a lot of times uh, because I can sort of zone in and out of it whilst doing work, which I really like doing. So yeah, Serial, season one especially, I've listened to a lot of times.
0: For you then, is it basically background noise? You know how some people listen to like like airport noise where it's like rustling and random chatting that you can't really pick out. It's just sort of background noise.
1: Yes. Yeah. A lot of it is. Yeah. Yeah. Depends what the work is I'm doing really.
0: Next one then. uh, I had one from my housemate saying favorite housemate question mark. So yes, James, it's you. Uh, Next one then uh, is uh, one from Matthew from work. Hi Matt. Uh, What are your end impressions of Orphan Black? Uh, how far
1: did you get through? Ah, this is one I want to know. Uh-huh, yes. Orphan Black was great. I got bored of it. What season did you... I got into the second series. Second? Okay, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe I flutter around with TV shows, and it's rare that I just smash it through and finish one. Maybe I should go back and listen to it. But thinking back on it, I really enjoyed Orphan Black while I was watching it. I should probably go back and carry on. Um, but... It's very, I don't know, it's very tense. Like, a lot happens and it requires a lot of thought. Um, And so I watch TV mostly at night. And so sometimes that is a bit much for me. And I end up watching something a bit lighter. But definitely I enjoyed it. I will keep going at some point.
1: It's incredibly intensive. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, There's people all over the place. A lot of them look the same, funnily enough um and so it's it it can get a little difficult to watch um just it's just it's just intensive and that and that's all right um there is sort of a I think it it dips a little bit in quality end of season two into season three a little bit and then definitely picks up massively after that um but there is a little dip there where they went into a storyline that I don't particularly like so um yeah definitely pick it up again
0: yeah. Um how far have you got through? Have you finished series f- is it done like finish finish now? It
1: finished um a year ago, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um there was it did uh what White Collar did. It's got season five is only like ten episodes long. Okay. And um, so yeah oh, they, man White Collar was so good. That is I forgot uh, all of that. If there is a show that you need to go back and watch, White Collar Is It, that is incredibly well written, great show. Character development incredible. Anyway, um, yeah, Orphan Black, uh, definitely great. SisterCast just finished, so that's the thing uh, we were we were talking about uh, on our little Orphan Black. Yeah, that finished. Um, that was kind of sad because I love that podcast so much. Um, and so, yeah, I just I love Orphan Black. I have watched it through multiple times, um, and I kind I just sort of jump in at different episodes. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, give it another go. I want to I want to hear what you think of the sort of the ending seasons.
0: yeah cool Um, uh, and then one from Zach Riddington Uh, how do you decide on what to talk about I'm going to kind of take that from a process kind of perspective Um, well if you're looking at overall topics right I you know we've kind of picked ones so far that uh, shows we've enjoyed Joe Rogan was the one I think was the first one that we've picked that neither of us had listened to I think that was just because it was getting so big and it was so up there in news and not news, but like if you ask people what podcasts you listen to, it's one of the bigger ones in there. So I think we thought, yeah, let's see what this is all about. Let's go have a chat about that. Um, Yeah. So most of them have been about that. I think we're going to branch out a little bit more now, um, check a few other, you know, different ones in there and definitely take recommendations. So if there's anything you want to hear, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. Um, But, Yeah, in terms of a process perspective, we have a shared document that everything goes in and we kind of bounce ideas off each other. We try and not talk about any of it before the show. So we were kind of in an odd situation, what, an hour ago, before the show where we were chucking ideas in this document and bouncing off each other without speaking about them. And I could kind of see your cursor moving around and you adding things in, and I was adding things in. That's the one of the internet, I suppose. Um, But that seems to work for us uh, with how to do that. But, yeah, what do you think you
1: We like to keep it as much sort of as a general conversation, and so we 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 have what the sub what the topic for the episode is, and then we just jump into it. We don't really talk to each other about it at all until we start the episode. Um, and then, obviously, at the begin at the beginning of the uh, document, because we just have one document we've had through the whole all of the episodes, and then we just make a new page for each episode. Um, at the top, there's just a bunch of ideas, and then uh, quite often during the podcast recording or whatever, we'll come up with a new one um, because it comes up in conversation or whatever, and we'll we'll set that for the next week.
0: Yeah, that's kind of how we do it. Uh, I don't know; there probably will get to a point where we're running dry on ideas, but I don't think that's anytime soon. Uh, it's still, of that bit at the top where. We did that when we first started the show. Just basically hammered it full of ideas, um, and we haven't covered even half of them yet.
1: We've been listening to podcasts for a long time, so there's there's a lot to go. Like I listen to like twenty five thirty shows, so there's there's a bunch more we can we can go into.
0: So for next week, uh, Ewan came up with an awesome idea. Of this kind of links in with that luminary story earlier, but uh, we're going to look at Reply All, which is one of the well. One of the biggest podcasts, definitely top five out there at the moment. Um, kind of following the trend of the Joe Rogan one. Of neither of us will listen to it. Let's see what it's all about. Um, and we're going to go from there. So we're going to pick probably the three most recent of those, right? And it's kind of a news show. So sounds about right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll pick the the three most recent shows on there um, and listen to that. If you want to do that along with us, those links will be in the show notes, or you can just go find it. Um, and we will go from there. Also, we're going to cover uh what it's like to set up a podcast how to do it uh why you should definitely do it if there's anything you want to talk about um and kind of maybe dive a bit more into the technicalities of how you do it and how one
1: how how rss works and sort of the other options and that kind of thing
0: how does one podcast uh so yeah we're gonna go into that so um thanks so much for listening this has been episode six of show focus Uh, all the show notes are at showfocus.show you can find us on the internet uh, at Instagram, I am McIntyre.jpg, spelt J-P-G, uh, you and you are underscore you are McIntyre, aren't you? Yeah. On, on Instagram. Uh, Twitter, we have created a, uh, a show focus Twitter that we're going to update every time we post. Also, there'll be a couple of those cheeky little overcast links, uh, and clips in there. Um, if you could go follow us on there, that'll be brilliant uh also just again getting podcasts out there is so tough so it would be awesome if you could jump into the show notes and leave us a review on itunes uh let us know what you think um that will be awesome in that it kind of gets us up higher in that in that algorithm and hopefully uh reach a few more people so that will be brilliant um we will hear from you next week I hear gravity is bitten you in the
1: ass. <laughs> uh, yes. So I am. So I'm trying to learn guitar, and this is my thing currently. I don't know why. Um, these guitars have been hung on my wall because it was your old bedroom. So yeah, and um, they've been hung on my wall, and I haven't been playing them. So I decided to start and try and learn a tune that's rather too complicated and too hard for me. So um, yeah, Gravity by uh, John Mayer is my current trying to learn. Um, so yeah, I've got a little, I've got the little clip.
0: Oh, oh, that's funny. Oh, okay. So I've got to explain this story now. You put gravity in the, uh, Oh, you put it in the show notes. Yeah, right. So I read that in my old room, uh, which is now your room. I have three or four, depending on how many guitars, up, hung on the wall, Right. And I woke up. I woke up once to the guitar falling on top of me. And so when you put gravity in the show notes, I was like, "Hey, I see he's put a guitar on the hanger, and it's fallen off and hit him." And so, yeah
1: no but that has definitely going to happen the hanger is slowly breaking so at some point i'm gonna get hit by the car
0: sorry i thought that was really funny i thought that is what had happened and then you no, chat it's about it, and then it's a song and i'm like what oh uh.
1: no i put gravity is working against me which probably that makes sense okay yeah it's a lyric to the song <laughs>
0: okay uh carry on sorry i ruined your story
1: there <laughs> we are truly 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 crazy people anyway i've got a little <laughs> clip in the soundboard, soundboard so we're going to play a little bit I've this is it. a cover of it um by lindsay Al because i like this i like this version it's got no drum beat so you can actually, actually hear the guitar Doesn't sound that complex, but considering I have
0: Oh no no, that sounds complex.
1: <laughs> yeah considering I have basically no guitar skills, um that's that's what we're going with. So I can do the I can do the first little bit. I mean it's not exactly in time, but I can do the notes.
0: Yeah. So that is they've got an electric guitar there with some distortion on, with a bit of reverb. And then
1: yeah. they Oh have... yeah, there's a there's a bunch of processing there. I can do yeah. the little I can do the notes, but yeah, there's a bunch. Of...
0: I've got a you know my multi-pedal, have you got that
1: there? Have you got... Possibly, I'll oh, hunt through your drawers. My
0: big pedal it's like, roughly the size of an A4 sheet of paper.
1: I know what it looks like, yeah. Um, I haven't hunted through your drawers yet, because you haven't cleared them out.
0: Okay, well, go do that. You're probably hear something. We'll go find it. On there, you can set loads of presets and add all that stuff in. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of, like, hammer-ons and slides, and uh, it's kind of like a finger-style one, that, isn't it? It is, yeah. That yeah, sounds yeah.
1: tough. It's... It's very John Mayer. Uh, it's his, from his Continuum album, and I want to learn some of them. Uh, but yes, it's very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> try and layer on some chords
0: there, because that pedal will do a loop, like very Ed Sheeran style, where he made it cool.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, I'd come across that. Yeah, I'm going to try and do that. So
0: play some chords, and then that will keep playing in the background while you play on top
1: of it. Um, nice. Fair play, mate. Yeah. I, I... Follow me on Instagram, and it might it might, <laughs> I might show you. Yeah. Nice. Underscore you Macintosh Plug, plug, plug. Um, Uh yeah,
0: uh, yeah, I, I've been playing guitar a few years and basically taught myself on YouTube, um, which again shows the wonders of of the internet in that I learned what clarinet and saxophone before and mum paid loads of money in lessons and things. Um, and then I taught myself with, you know, on YouTube, which kind of shows, you know, how much there is out there now. So, um, yeah, so I have loads of guitars lying around, What was four in your room. Plus you've got a really nice electrocute.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've got an acoustic, and I've been using your electric without you knowing. That's I, fine. Uh, yeah. um,
0: I've got a very nice Gibson Les Paul. If you break that, I'll kill you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, that sounds fun. I'm glad you're doing that.
1: Uh, oh, it's so difficult. Also, I had a question. How do you learn the theory behind the song? Because there's a lot of, this is how you play it, these are the notes this is how, yeah, just, this is where you slide, this is where you sort of push up the string and all sorts. How do you learn, one, what those notes are, two, sort of the the theory behind the song? Because I I find that really sort of difficult to understand. How can you take that song and then sort of adapt it? And I, I, I don't understand that theory. And how do you, where do you go to learn the theory? Well,
0: basically, what you're calling theory there isn't, really theory right everyone who is you know very musical is probably gonna be shouting at me here but essentially you don't need to know that um and a lot of it is you've kind of jumped a step right you've gone straight to the solo guitar bit right with kind of yeah a solo uh which is one of the hardest things what you need to do is take a step back and the core bit of the song is chords right so there are so many bars um Either four or six normally of chords, um and that that is kind of your your bass from there um and then you kind of have those same chords, normally it's c g minor d or whatever in in a different um key each time, but yeah, and then over the top of that, you then play the notes that become the melody you kind of hear when you hear a song, right is that you're listening to the the main guitarist who's rocking out and that's the bit of a song you're hearing. But really, what you need to do is become the pianist or the background guitarist who is just playing the chords over and over again first. If you do that, you then get a really good understanding of what the chords are and the pace at which the song moves and the build-up and the the drops into the bridge and then the build-up for the chorus again, and then the end builds up more and then drops away. And you kind of get a picture for that, and then the melody is just sort of the, the trimming on top. Um, that kind of goes over the top of the chords. And what you'll notice is that each time, obviously you did music lessons a while ago, you have a scale, right? Is that, it? you know, the song will be, let's say if it's C, G, E, minor, D, that those chords are in the key of G and every note in that solo will be in the scale of G major. So basically, all he's doing is imagine you have loads and loads of buttons out in front of you, and they're all all of the notes going from lowest to highest. So lowest on the left, highest on the right. All he's doing is pressing them in a in a different order that becomes a certain melody. Does Does that make sense? Imagine that some some notes are. You can use and some notes are off limits because they are not in the right key and so will sound wrong all he's doing is messing around with them
1: okay yeah that that does make that does make more sense yeah definitely um keys still i still don't really understand that i need to I need to probably look into that um but yeah I have done some of the chord stuff I need to do more of it obviously I have the acoustic to do that um but yes yeah, so I definitely do need to do some take a step back and do some of the easier stuff first. Um, but yeah, I wanted to learn the solo, so yeah, that's what we been currently doing. I hope I did a good job of explaining that. If anyone is very musical out there, let, <laughs> let me know,
0: because I, I reckon I probably made a lot of people angry and oversimplified things, but oh well. Um, so yeah, uh, being wrong on the internet, there's a good podcast reference for you.
1: Hello Internet, episode one. First episode of, yeah, Hello Internet. It was a very good episode, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, you get yelled at for anything you get wrong, but that's sort of how the internet works.
0: Well, let's go over that story. So Hello Internet, we spoke about in our favourite podcast, which is two YouTube creators. Um, one of them, Brady, really wanted to start a podcast and invited CGP who, CGP Grey, who was another one, um, to do a podcast. And they said, oh, you know, we'll try and do 10 as a trial. Uh, and CGP Grey was basically like, I don't want to do it. 'Cause a podcast you don't rehearse for and it's not scripted and I don't wanna be wrong on the internet, basically. Um so yeah, that was kind of where that reference came from.
1: Uh, you sort of have to get past that barrier, don't you, of you might be wrong and you're gonna have to correct yourself in the next episode and you just sort of have to acknowledge that there will be sort of you will make wrong statements because you can't f- fully research everything in an hour and a half podcast. You can for C P little very well researched streaming videos. But you can't for just general conversation for the hour and a half.
0: Exactly. And like if you were to record a random conversation in a pub, there would be hundreds of those things that are wrong and incorrect, but they don't go out on the internet. And so no one knows, you know, or cares really, because it's a conversation in a pub. But as soon as, yeah, you put something out on the internet, it then becomes all oh, this needs to be.
1: There's then a record of it. Yeah.
0: Oh, uh, all my Empire Ultimate stuff arrived.
1: Oh, I saw that on your IG stories. That was good. Looks dope.
0: Empire is the ultimate team I support who. Marquez Brandley, who was in the Joe Rogan bit, we're talking about he who he plays for. Um, I've wanted one of their jerseys for ages. And if you go on the website, they don't ship to the UK. Or if they do, I've forgotten, it's huge amounts of money for import and import taxes and shipping and all that jazz, and it takes three weeks and whatever. So um, dad went out to New York around about the time of my birthday and said, hey, do you want any of this kit? And I was like, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, he shows up to try and buy it and essentially there's none of these stores. So I'm not sure where he went, but he went to someone who had kit.
1: He ended up going he ended up going forty-five minutes out on the train, I think into New Jersey. Not quite sure. He ended up going a long way out anyway. Um then uh the store was effectively just someone's house. Um and he ended up buying one of their actual team shirts.
0: Which is awesome. So yeah, I have a training Vest jersey thing it's reversible so on one side it's black and on one side it's white so that if you're you know picking teams when you're training that's so useful you can turn it inside out it's awesome so you we always have this right is that whenever we're at training we have lots of people who are roughly in red roughly in black and then there's always over outliers and then you end up passing someone who's not on your team and whatever we kind of get round it by all of our frisbee kits are either red or black and then if you turn them inside out there's sort of this weird white hazy colour so we often tell them inside out to be to have opposite teams and so now I have a jersey that can be either dark or light and you can just swap it and it has all the numbers and the New York stuff on both sides which is awesome and then I got a New York Empire disc which is sweet so um I was well chuffed for that uh, and basically well I'll probably take that to a tournament I have a few questions from people but yeah you can't get that stuff in the UK so I'm well excited for that
1: man that is awesome um, Gotta love it oh Yes.